welcome to the Business Brainwave Show with Renata Jute, where we will look at ways to optimize your business. In this episode of Business Brainwaves, I will talk about trusty powers. So in preparation for a panel discussion on trust and estate matters, I spent most of my day down the rabbit hole of research and man did I have fun. Yes, okay, so I can practically hear your eyes rolling in your head right now. But you can thank me later. Lucky for you, June is Trust Month with Noble Prosperity. So all my articles and podcasts will be geared to all things trusts. So as I said, this episode, Trustee Power. So let's kick off. From my personal experience, I can tell you that many of the things that do go wrong with trusts do start with trustee powers or rather the misinterpretation or the ignorance of these powers. So let's look at the three common trustee errors. Number one, actions by trustees before authority. Number two, trustee powers to delegate. And number three, trustee decisions. Let's start with actions by trustees before authority. It has happened that some transactions were concluded in the name of the trust prior to the letter of authority uh, issued by the Master of the High Court. So what does that mean? When we register a trust at the Master of the High Court, when we submit the documents, the way that the Master will notify us that this trust is now ready and operational is that a letter of authority is issued. And on that letter of authority, there is a date stamp. Now, unfortunately, if transactions are entered into prior to this date that is on the letter of authority, those transactions will actually be void because it's taken out in the name that doesn't exist. And in the court case, Musa and others v. Aku, and I will link the court cases that I referred to in this episode below in the description. But in this court case, it was actually... Uh, found that actions by trustees before authority, in other words, before that letter of authority is issued, was found to be void and therefore could not be ratified. So how do we comply then? Well, number one, we don't enter into any agreements prior to the issue date of the letter of authority. Also, we ensure that resolutions are drafted and signed by all trustees to underpin the decisions passed by the trustees. And of course, we need to act in accordance with the trustee. Let's move on to number two, trustees' powers to delegate. Accepting the role as a trustee is not a decision to be made lightly. As trustees, you are expected to act with care, diligence and skill. The court case I'll refer to for this section is Husson and others v. Didat. So in this case, basically this is the authority where they say that trustees cannot delegate the exercise of their discretion and decision making. But that, however, does not mean that once we have implemented a decision that we cannot delegate the roles. In other words, if the trustees have made a decision, 
that the, for instance, the accounting of the trust should be uh, done by a particular party. That can certainly then be outsourced and delegated. But the decision was made by the trustees. So how do we ensure that we comply and don't fall foul of this delegation of, of um, the powers of delegation? Well, again, trustees must independently exercise their own discretion. Trustees need to act in accordance with the trust deed. So again, this comes up and it shows you that you need to understand what your trust deed uh, tells you. You need to understand what is written in that trust deed. And thirdly, trustees may not delegate the exercise of their discretion and decision-making to another. So again, where we are saying you cannot just pass the buck. You are involved in the decision-making. Okay, now number three, as I said, the trustee decision-making. So this then brings us into that. So many of our trust deeds make provision for majority vote. And often that is misunderstood where it means where people think it means that well you know two of the three trustees if these three trustees can make a decision certainly the majority vote only means that the majority must agree it does not mean that all parties are not to be involved and the court case that i refer to here is stain and others uh, v block pave PTY. Again, as I said, I will link all the court cases below in the description. And in this case, it was decided that even if decisions are made by majority vote, all trustees must be informed and involved in the decision. So you see, it's very important here, if we've got three or five trustees, all parties must be involved in the decision making, even if they don't all agree. If your deed makes provision for a majority vote, certainly if you've got five trustees, the majority must agree on the decision. But all parties must be involved. You cannot just ignore some of the trustees. So how do we ensure that we comply with this one? Well, all trustees have to, at all times, act with the necessary care, diligence and skill and this is legally required of the trustees in terms of Section 9.1 of the Trust Property Control Act. And if you'll remember, I mentioned this under the Actions Before Authority as well. So again, it comes with that we need to understand that we need to act with this care, diligence and skill. Also, all trustees have to be invited to participate in all decisions relating to the trust. And then... Lastly, all trustees have to be given an opportunity to provide their views. Even if all trustees do not agree and a majority vote is allowed in terms of the trustee, all trustees still have to sign each resolution of the trust. So, I hope this gives you uh, some food for thought and uh, gives you a little bit of a clearer view on some of the common errors that we need to avoid uh, when dealing with trusts. So just to recap, we cannot uh, take any actions or act in the name of a trust 
before that trust is in actual fact registered at the master of the high court. So in other words, we need that letter of authority with the date on it. That is the date at which point we can start transacting in the name of the trust. Also, we as trustees cannot just delegate our powers. We need to, um, if we accept the role as a trustee, we need to understand that we remain responsible and we need to uh, um, exercise our independent discretion. And then when it comes to just trustees' dis, uh, decisions, we need to understand that um, even when we don't all agree, all parties must in actual fact be party to the decisions. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Business Brainwaves. For more Business Brainwaves, please visit my website nobleprosperity.co.za, follow me on Facebook or connect with me on LinkedIn. For easy access, the links are posted below.